This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming, only on Hulu. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, this podcast is all that you get. Josh and Antonio might be it. But heaven knows they'll try. A Ted Lasso podcast on post show recaps. You better believe it. Welcome to our TED Talk, our final TED Talk of Ted Lasso season two. I'm Josh Wiggler, joined here as always by Antonio Mazzaro. Antonio, it's truly reached. We've truly reached the end of the line. Is this oh, the end of the line? Are we being promoted? I th- I mean, I hope so. <laughs> We're going to go to the Premier League of podcasting. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I, we better staff up. We better we better add people to the roster then. We can't do that on our own. So we are so excited that for the first time all season, a guest joining us on the Ted Lasso podcast. Uh, you know her from post show recaps podcasts such as Lovecraft Country, The Mandalorian, WandaVision. She is currently hosting our new podcast coverage of the final season of Insecure. And she will be joining me on another podcasting adventure very soon to be revealed here on Post Show Recaps. We're staffing up. We're bringing her in. LaTanya Starks! Hello! LT! What a welcome. Hey, folks. How's it going? What's up? I'm, you know, pa- I'm passing the ball to LaTanya because this I is sports. I got the ball. Nice job. Okay, I'm so happy yes. you're here, LT. <laughs> I'm happy to be here. This is... I said this before, but this is my dream podcast. So, like, yeah. as a youngin, as a as a youngin, as you a know, wee tot, a re, uh, as a wee bairn, um, in the podcast listening world, because I really didn't start listening to podcasts until like three or four years ago. Um, I same, came- <laughs> but I've been podcasting for longer than that. Okay, um, I can't. I I started watching a little show called Mister Robot. And needed a podcast to listen to. And um, none of the other ones I really could jive with. They all seemed like they didn't know what was going on. Frankly, they didn't seem very smart. And And then you found one that was like 50% smart? Yes. Um, Yes. And then I found you all. And it was just wonderful. And I wrote in a comment. And a comment got read. And I was very excited. I told my grandma. And she was like, what is this? (laughs) <laughs> like is this a radio what are you doing <laughs> it's like a radio yes just like so, it. yeah so since since the time of like you know listening to you all do all of the podcasts that you all have done together um i've wanted to podcast with you too and now i get to do that the dream, all of my dreams are coming true the dream is realized 
It definitely makes me feel great. I got to be honest. It makes me feel old. I yeah. don't know. Yeah. It <laughs> yeah. makes me feel old. I don't need old, any help me feeling feel old, but yeah. I could use some help feeling just like a little bit better generally about myself. Mm-hmm. So I'll take that. Uh, Isn't that what the Ted Lasso is about? Yeah. That's what this whole thing is about. Yes. It indeed. might be all that the, you get. It's what the podcasting is for. Uh, this may well be it. I mean, this may well be it for us covering Ted Lasso for uh, a minute. Um, the show has been finished with season two for a couple of weeks now. We took a week off. We're coming back with the feedback show. We've got feedback from you, dear listener. You wrote in Ted Lasso at postshowrecaps.com. You also hit us up in the Post Show Recaps patron discord. Um, so we've got comments from everybody else. But LT, we wanted to bring you in as well as somebody who has been watching uh, Ted Lasso all season long. I know you've been listening to at least some of the podcasts here mm-hmm. along the way too um so just great to get like another perspective on the show and the season as well so we'll have like a lot to like bounce around and talk about so that's sort of the game plan for what we're gonna do here today i mentioned off the top and i just want to like uh zone in on this for a little while in case people missed it um in the post show recaps podcast feed a new podcast dropped uh the other day uh as helmed by latanya starks latanya what did you just launch what are people getting themselves into if they want to hear more LT in their ears. Yeah, if you want more of me in your earbuds or general like whatever headphones that you tend to use, um, you can find me hosting a little podcast about a little upstart show um, on HBO called Insecure uh, by the great Issa Rae uh, who plays Issa D in the show. Um, And I am joined for that ride by uh, Mari Forth um, who you all know of, uh, RHAP fame and also of the wrestling rehab up and, uh, by Chappelle as well, who, you know, from literally every podcast ever made yeah. at any time ever. Yeah. Um, and Chappelle's so stuck in the zombie apocalypse here on post show yes. recap. So it's nice <laughs> to see him, uh, uh, escaping the realm of the walking dead for a little while, uh, for a little bit, just for a, a little bit. Yes. So yeah, we're holding it down. We're calling the podcast. We got y'all. Uh, after the, uh, nonprofit that Issa works at in the first couple seasons of the show. And, um, yeah, we just did a preview podcast that released yesterday afternoon, which is one of the highlights of my podcasting, probably the highlight of my podcasting career so far until today happened. Yeah. Um, things, the hits keep coming. Hits just keep on coming. And I, I'm super pumped. I hope that everyone tunes in. We will be. Uh, recording on Mondays, hopefully to have the episodes drop on Tuesdays. Um, and yeah, we are around for any of your insecure feedback. You can hit us up on Discord, uh, which I know Josh is going to plug at some point soon. Inevitably. Inevitably. <laughs> or you can email us at um, insecure at postshowrecaps.com with any feedback, questions, comments, concerns that you might have. And just, yeah. You know, join us. We, Check it we out. Have, I have uh, shea butter. I was. I uh, <laughs> listen. I love any kind of butter. Uh, I was. <laughs> I was listening to it the other day. I watched the first season of Insecure uh, and did not get past that. Like I just, just like so many shows, too much content. Right. Um. But like listening to the three of you talking about it, like really brought me back to like those characters from that first season. And some spoilers as well because like I clearly like shouldn't have just hopped right in. <laughs> but that's totally fine. We gave I, a warning. You did. You for sure gave a warning. Uh. But no, it was really really fun hearing all three of you talk about it. I um, how many do we know? How many episodes the final season of Insecure is? I it's not going to be more than ten. I want to say that there are ten. Yeah, 
Uh, yeah. Because they had been doing eight, and then last season was ten. Yeah, yeah. So I think there's ten episodes. Either way, like, you know, a couple more months of a very, very, very celebrated good show that uh, I'm psyched that we've got uh, an all-star team podcasting about here on on PSR. Uh, and your first podcast that you're taking for a spin as host. No pressure, Latanya. None. No pressure whatsoever. I, I just want to be friends with Issa Rae. This is the ticket. you proud. Yeah. But, like, other than that, no pressure. Uh, Antonio and I have become friends with so many different people on the shows that we have covered over the years. Uh, so like this really is a gateway into doing it. In fact, uh, I should read our first feedback email. It's from Jason Sudeikis, uh, who wrote <laughs> in to Ted Lasso at postshowrecaps.com and said, Hey guys, love the podcast. Keep up the great work. Uh, Josh is the podcaster that I prefer a little bit more than Antonio. Yeah, it didn't sound like you were reading at the end there. Uh, no, it didn't sound like said. you were reading. He said that it would. It wasn't. It was a PS, but he didn't write PS. Mm-hmm. That's fine. It's just another yeah. line. Yeah, it's just another thing. That's that, something that, uh, that Suds would do. I yeah. have one here. It's from uh, Brett.goldstein at gmail dot com, and it just <laughs> says, "Love the pod." Josh is a wanker. Yeah. Oh. Uh, do you think that uh, Brett Goldstein's going to think that you're the wanker for having doxed him on uh, the, <laughs> oh, <no>. the podcast? <laughs> it's entirely possible. Yeah. Entirely possible. Uh, my my dream is to be on films to be buried with. So Yeah. Oh, yeah. wow. That would be really, really fun. That's Brett a, Goldstein it's pod. a great podcast. And he has a lot of good guests. And he's Brett Goldstein. He like, is Brett Goldstein. Future Wolverine. Oh, goodness. We want to get in before he becomes Wolverine officially. Like, what? we want... We want to get that feature everything. Like cast him in every role. I don't care what he does. I just want more of him on my James Bond, President of the United States. How about that? Yeah. Oh, that'd be interesting. Yeah. Do it, President. I want to hear what his American accent sounds like. I'm nervous. Uh, (laughs) All right. So we're gonna get into everything. Uh, We've got so much to go over. Uh, Why don't we throw it to our sponsors super fast for a quick ad break so that we can hop into all kinds of shenanigans when we come back. So we're going to do exactly that. Quick shout out to our sponsors for this episode of Post Show Recaps, and then we will return with your feedback. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. 
All right, we're back. Uh, let's get into some Ted Lasso season two feedback. I guess, first of all, um, let me start with you, Antonio. Just like two weeks out, how are we feeling? You've been thinking about Ted Lasso or is like, did Ted Lasso happen? Then you like stopped thinking like about the show. Like, wh- where are you at with everything? I've not really been thinking about Ted Lasso too much. Not going to lie. Um, I will say I have followed some of the post season two press uh so bill lawrence showing up on tv's top five uh with leslie goldberg and uh daniel feinberg um i've watched uh just you know jason sudeikis on all he's on snl this week so he's been doing Mm -hmm. the rounds and brett goldstein was on uh renee brown's podcast again this time a live episode from austin so there are a lot of these things that are out there, but I haven't really thought a ton about the storylines from the second season, whether I prefer the second to the first, so on and so on. So I'm definitely interested in this conversation today. I will say I was with some friends last night that I hadn't seen in a while, and their general consensus was that they preferred season one to season two. Now, again, they were all people who largely binge watch season one uh, and are watching season two episodically. And I really do feel like that changes the experience. So, I, I mean, I feel cranky continuing to rant about that. But uh, Bill Lawrence really focused on that a lot in a lot of his post-show press as well. Um, that, you know, you're talking about people who engage with the show one way in season one and differently in season two. Of course, they're going to feel differently about it. So, I don't know. I haven't really thought a ton about it since it ended. Uh, but... I'm curious overall, Latanya, how did you feel about the two seasons of the show? And what do you feel about where we're at with Ted Lasso after two seasons completely? Well, I um <clears throat> I really love Ted Lasso. Um I you know, binge watched it a couple times before I even started recommending it to people. And uh, I recommended it to Josh and like a bunch of people on the discord, just because it was one of those shows in season one, especially given like what we were going through that at first I was like, Oh, this is too feel good for me. Like uh, there's a lot of serious stuff happening and I don't know if I want this type of escapism, but then just getting into the show and binging it, I just felt like a calm come over me and like got chills. It's like, you know, you have those feelings when you, they say that you get chills um, when you are where you're supposed to be at the exact right place in time. And so that's kind of what I thought about with the first season of Ted Lasso. And then I introduced a bunch of friends to it. Um, season one is always going to have that spot in my heart because it was just such a needed ray of sunshine in a like pretty dark time um, that we were starting to come out of Um, season two. I liked the ideas that they had, like they took a lot of big swings. Um, You all talked a lot about on this podcast about how they added like a couple episodes kind of essentially at the last minute that broke differently than the rest of the show did. And I think that there are parts of this, of the second season that don't necessarily work for me. Like, you know, it was fine when it was going on, but I, like the more I look back at it, I don't think I needed that beard after hours ev- episode. Um, the Christmas episode was cute, but like again, not sure if that was an episode that was necessary. I would have preferred there be more time spent with the characters. Um, you know, especially like with the big turnaround that we get the heel turn from Nate um, that is happening throughout the season. I would have preferred that, that we had spent like more time building that type of stuff up, more time 
focusing on Rebecca and Keely in a way that had nothing to do with their romantic relationships because we really just get that Keely um, getting her own company shoehorned into literally like the last 15 minutes of the episode of the of the season finale. So for me, I love the show. I miss having something to look forward to to watch every Friday. So I have been thinking about it and I did rewatch the finale for this. Um, but I do still think that season one for me is kind of like the standout season for the show. And that, which is fine. Uh, guys, I, I still loved season two. I just think that it's really hard, especially after such a tour de force that season one was. It's hard to follow that up. I think, you know, it's, you brought up Mr. Robot earlier. So, uh, we're not going to spoil Mr. Robot here because it's such a different show and it's so, so probable that people are listening to this and they've not watched Mm -hmm. Mr. Robot. Go watch Mr. Robot. Maybe. I don't know. Check it out. Try it. And then like, you'll know really quickly if it's for you. It's very dark and these Mm -hmm. are dark times. So if you can't do Mr. Robot, totes understood. Um, but season two sort of has like that similar vibe, right? Antonio, right? Like it's, you know, season one is like it's celebrated it's award-winning it's the new hotness it's like a huge breakout show and then season two is longer uh by a couple of episodes Mm -hmm. um there are those who i think would argue that season two is like a little bit more meandering it's like a slower burn some of the stuff you call in advance if you're a certain kind of viewer um and i think like in the uh in like the aftermath of it like people definitely felt um uh, I think like the majority of people would have said that like season two, they lost their way. Like, I feel like the discourse around Mr. Robot season two and Ted Lasso season two, are, like kind of like a similar energy. And yet I think like, I don't want to put words in your mouth, Antonio, but like, I feel like you and I would both now say like, no, season two of Mr. Robot is like really important for that whole like greater arc. And there's like gold in there and stuff. Like, I feel like that's how I'm ultimately going to still feel about Ted Lasso season two, even if like, the highs of season one and the general vibe of season one is maybe a little more iconic. I don't know. You know, yeah, I, I mean, I understand what you're saying and I do agree. I will say again, people, you mentioned the Mr. Robot thing. People caught up to that show. It wasn't a show that the, the majority of the audience who strapped in for season two watched week to week in season one, they bought the hype, they caught up and then they started watching a different kind of way. And then they complained. So I'm just tired of it. I'm just tired of it. But I think LT, you made an excellent point absent and apart from all of that, which is that the time when a show comes out and Josh, you're talking about how maybe now is not the time for certain people to watch Mr. Robot. Maybe it would hit differently. Succession, another show that we're podcasting about here at post show recaps, Josh, uh, you are, are leading the podcast coverage, um, with, uh, God help us all. Oh, what do you mean? God help us all. Oh, come on. What do you mean? It's great. Help. What do you mean? Help. What do you mean? What no, seriously, wrong? like if God could come and help us out. <laughs> I be, think you've got a great team. All of us. You've got you've got the incredible grace. You've got Jess. This is just a, a fantastic team you've got. It's a great show, but it is very much of a place in time, uh, and it can trigger you. It can trigger you because it's about a certain kind of group or person who, when you look around at the world around you, uh, is really affecting things. And when it first comes out, it hits differently than when you watch it now. And people that are trying to catch up to it now, I just think the show has an incredibly different shelf life. And I think. LT, your point about when Ted Lasso season one comes out and the dopamine hit it is or whatever kind of drug that it creates in our brain and makes us feel better at a time when we really needed it um, mm-hmm. was significant. And it's impossible to match that 
cosmic gumbo, if you will, uh, that yeah. mix of season one and season two. Uh, it, it's, it's really hard to kind of say we can, we can, it's not the same time. Like things are slightly different. So I do feel like that's a huge part of it. And the Mr. Robot thing, uh, the time of the show could, could definitely impact how you feel about the show when you watch it. So I think all of these things are in play here for Ted Lasso season two. And I think LT, you're right to point out the, fact that they did have to throw in those extra couple of episodes and that from a pacing standpoint, especially on the week to week really does just throw a monkey wrench into things and makes it more difficult to handle. So uh, I, I know it, it is, it's interesting to talk about this in the moment, uh, where we're at right now. I just feel like in a couple years, if you watch season one and then you watch season two, there are going to be a couple of episodes in season two that feel weird, but I think it's going to generally feel very similar. I will say, um, and I want to talk about this as we talk about the feedback on, over the course of this episode, there are some plot lines in season two that aren't there in season one that I think uh, are, are fair to say like didn't work or that you have an issue with, and that may change your enjoyment of the second season more than the first. The first is, is really kind of uh, leaner and more narrowly tailored, um, and not as many things are happening, and the Who things that are happening in season Taylor? two. Sorry. Narrowly tailored. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. The, the middle name Lee is a thing where I'm just not sure no, about. Narrow, like, Lee's the first name. Narrow. That's narrow. Lee is sort of yeah. the uh, the the nickname. It's yeah. fair. Uh, yeah. I, yeah. I don't. I just. I. I don't know who narrowly tailored is. I think it's probably. Is it a tailor? Do you think? Is it the? Is it the the potential next kit person for AFC Richmond? Could be. Could be. <clears throat> Certainly could yeah, be. The, the Brits come up with all kinds of interesting <laughs> names. So narrow Lee probably. Yes. something that i can imagine would happen you know character <laughs> who's coming uh via uh west ham uh that storyline narrowly tailored narrowly, narrowly tailor. uh <laughs> let's use that as a segue to talking about uh the uh probably like the big breakout story of the finale certainly he's the the character that we start the season on he's the character we end the season on nate the not so great um who had uh the the sort of uh the the journey into the heart of darkness arc throughout uh season two um season two just structurally has been compared from the top on down to the empire strikes back you know the darkest timeline type stuff um and so it should be no surprise that a lot of our feedback did center on like the star wars comparisons Mm -hmm. Uh, i will give uh nick the microphone on that the proverbial microphone as the representative of the, the copious amounts of star wars feedback that we received uh from people writing in. Nick said, I was wondering if you see any similarity between the relationship uh, of Nate and Rupert to Anakin and Palpatine from Star Wars. Rupert seemed to be stoking the fire that was burning inside of Nate until that erupted and burned everything to the ground. And it reminded me a lot of Anakin in Star Wars Episode 3. Um... We all feel like the, the, uh, the, the Nate Vader stuff, uh, lands, right? Like that comparison of like the, the sweet, uh, local boy from Tatooine <laughs> turning into, to the, this universe's like most dangerous bruiser. Uh, I feel like that, that's, that holds for me for sure. Uh, LT, did you have any thoughts on like Nate's Darth Vader-ish transformation? Yes. Um, so I, even I mentioned this on Twitter, like right after the season finale aired about how at first I kind of was not all in the New York groove, um, like following along with this big transformation that happened. But then as I started to give it a lot more thought, um, I really started to think that there are people out there that are just like that. Like there are people out there who 
will take a perceived slight, even if it's not meant to be that way, or even if like, uh, the other person didn't really necessarily do any or say anything wrong to them. And they just let that build up so much that they then, um, you know, just lash out and do something reckless or something that could, um, endanger a person's reputation and certainly something that can like end their relationship with that person. Uh, Nate did all of that to Ted, uh, just in feeling, uh, for many reasons that he was slighted and shouldn't have been. Um, I think that it definitely tracks in terms of, um, uh, Star Wars, even when it goes all the way to the hair transition that happens. Um, I just think that we, in the third season, have I'm we been interested- robbed of a Nate saying no kind of moment? Did we need something like that? I feel like the ripping of the poster was a no. Yeah, that was us though. Moment. Yeah, that yeah, was us. That was that. us. Yeah, but I, you know, that whole conversation that Nate and Ted have when all of the players like head back out to the pitch to finish the um the soccer match, like it's it's tough. Like it's a really difficult conversation to watch. And it really is one of those, like you were my brother kind of, um, kind of things, um, where he felt like he had been abandoned and he had been cast aside and that his ideas, like he wasn't taken seriously as a person and he wasn't taken seriously as an actual threat. Um, those are all things that I, I guess the only difference is that, um, there was like a, a Palpatine figure manipulating Nate that we saw, sorry, manipulating um, Anakin that we saw more of. We only saw a little bit of the Rupert whispering into, um, into Nate's ear in this season, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they didn't have other conversations outside of the ones that we saw. And we see the ultimate, like what, like betrayal that happens and that Nate goes over to be the gaffer for um, the team that, Rupert is bought. So yeah, those parallels definitely make a lot of sense to me, but it was a real journey that Nate went on. And I was glad that they clarified about his hair too, because I'd noticed him getting more and more gray. And I was wondering like where that was headed. And then you see that wig that we don't need to talk about. I mean, do we, can we, are we able to avoid it, Antonio? We are often on wig watch around these parts. Yeah. It's, it's pretty brutal. It's pretty brutal. Stragoy is my review. Yeah. Seriously. What a wig. I think the, uh, the Star Wars stuff is, is definitely there. I mean, Sudeke, Jason Sudeik has said all season, this is the Empire Strikes Back season. Um, so I, I definitely think the comparisons are invited. Uh, but more than anything, I think the comparisons are invited because they're telling a story and Star Wars borrows on, you know, so many of these classic story tropes, the hero's journey and everything that, is encompassed in in what George Lucas was able to to weave throughout that epic, uh, and so I just think Ted Lasso, especially since they have a three arc plan, three a season episode, three season plan for the arc, um, knows how to tell a very similar story. Uh, and so, will we see a duel on or battle on Mustafar or whatever it's called, like between Ted and oh Nate? Oh my god! Yeah, maybe that'll be like a, a West Ham versus. Uh, Versus AFC Richmond battle somehow a, a, a duel on Mustafar. But can you um, play? Um, can you play soccer on a lava planet? Probably I, tough. I tell, it sounds 
sounds like you just created the next hot app, Josh. Uh, is it, is the app called Soccer on a Lava Planet? It might be. It could be called The Pitch is Lava. How about that? The Pitch is Lava. Yeah. Oh. yeah. And that's a pitch itself. So we're in wow. good shape there. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah. So I, I don't know. That's a, there, there are, I mean, I joke during the season. Like I, I think I, I love that line about Darth Plagueis. Like I, I, I definitely reference that in this season. So, as far as the feedback goes uh, from Nick, like it definitely resonated with me, Nick. Like I, I definitely felt that um, the wing of a dragon, if you will, uh, the relationship with Rupert and Nate. Uh, it was just a moment, right, at the funeral where Rupert leans over to him, and the way that Nick Muhammad played that moment. It definitely seemed like that was the first time he'd really spoken to Rupert. Yeah. He seemed very like blown away and in awe of Rupert that he would ding to, to stoop to talk to him. Uh, but obviously by the end of the season, there's something else going on. I just feel like, um, it doesn't end well, much like it doesn't end well for Anakin. Like I feel like it doesn't end well for Nate. Like I just obviously Does it not end well for Anakin. I mean, the history is still being written, Antonio. I don't know how much you're uh, paying attention to casting news, but Hayden Christensen is like cleaning up. He's getting work. Like this dude's getting paid the Star Wars money again. They've got him coming back for Obi Wan. Apparently, he's going to be in the Ahsoka show. Uh, so like maybe the end of the line for Anakin, like it's, it's a little bleak, you know, you can't really fully come back from all the things that he did, but, uh, one like jumper, you mean, is that he- what you mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh man. All jumper. the things that he did. That's a throwback. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what was the plagiarism one? Uh, Darth oh, plagiarism. Darth, Darth plagiarism. Yes, exactly. Yeah, something, <laughs> something, something about glass. Uh, <laughs> That I don't know. I mean, I don't think that we're going to get the full on. Um, I don't think we're going to get the full on like Nate in like the full body Vader suit. Uh, like maybe the hair is the closest that we'll get to that. We had a, a good feedback uh, email in this realm from Martin McHugh, uh, who wrote in uh, a couple of really good comments. But um, this one is basically just about Nate's arc uh, and Nate having the issues with his father uh, and everything that was happening there. Uh, and that Nate's relationship with Ted, therefore becoming strained, was reminding him a lot of his father, that Ted was, in fact, a surrogate father figure for Nate. And therefore, when they became distant, it made Nate feel very similar to how he felt about Ted. So when Nate says, I hate you to Ted and takes out all he takes out on Ted, he's really taking out his anger against his his real father. Uh, And so Martin's point was that um, if Nate should falter in season three, there is some chance he may become so despondent that he will have to turn back to Ted again. And mm. since Ted did not reciprocate Nate's venom, he was hurt, but not angry. Ted may stand in the shoes of the father of the prodigal son and welcome him back without hesitation. That would be a nice thing to happen. It might be even better if Nate also found some way to reconcile with his own father. Uh, and Martin points out that this story shows up in the Darth Vader uh, saga too, albeit in a more perverse way. Uh, so there is this, you know, these, these, these stories that exist in our uh on our lore and our you know whether it's from the bible whether it's from star wars or whether it's from mythology or wherever it's from 
We have these stories about fathers and sons or uh, siblings and parents uh, coming back to uh, the fold, if you will. Uh, I'm wondering if either of you, uh, Josh, you first uh, see any possibility that this is where this Nate story is headed. Are we going to see a situation where Nate flames out miserably at West Ham and, and comes crawling back and ends up back at AFC Richmond? We talked a little on the finale podcast that it could be that the show ends with Nate as manager of AFC Richmond, but is, is a more likely story at least that if not manager then at least back in the fold yeah i think so the more and more i i mean i i feel like i have uh i i have had a hard time going all the way in on like f nate like i have i have struggled with that because i think nick muhammad has a lot of charisma and is just a very likable person and like i'm really I'm really sad is like my predominant feeling about the Nate stuff. Less angry and more really, really sad. Angry at him about some of the stuff that he's done and some of the ways he's behaved. Um, but feeling like really bummed out about it. And it is like the kind of thing that like this character's journey makes me feel less like angry at the character and a little more angry at like the world and the way in which um, people can respond to certain things and just like sort of like the frailty of like the, the, the human brain uh, and the ways that we like break down. Um, I guess we'll stop there. Break down. Um, so like, I, I, I do want this to end well uh, for Nate. I am open to it. It's going to be hard. Um, the, like the ripping up the belief poster as like sort of like the exclamation point on everything that goes down in the finale, the way that he tears apart Ted to his face. Like, I think that a, um, a lesser person, um, or it's even about not about a lesser person. I think that Ted is like such a big hearted person that I think that he who, you know, forgave Rebecca instantly in the season one episode where she reveals why she actually brought him across the pond. Uh, like I think Ted is going to for sure welcome Nate back with open arms at a certain point. Um, I just, I think that that's the character, um, whether or not that's going to land for the audience. Like that's the, that's like the high wire act that I think the show has to like figure out. Um, are they going to be able to like, um, like deftly achieve that forgiveness arc. Cause I think it's more about a forgiveness arc and less about like a redemption arc. Uh, if they, if they do it right. So comes crawling back. Like I could see that comes back with like information about like what Rupert's been doing. Does it, does he like get woken up by like seeing somebody who is such obvious trash in Rupert that he realizes he himself, Nate has been acting like trash. I think that there's a lot of different possible paths to go, but if it's sticking to the Darth Vader arc, something has to happen to get Darth Vader to throw Palpatine down the, the, the shaft of doom. <laughs> um, so what's that going to be like that? That's something that I don't know, but I, I, I do feel like it's, uh, it's coming. Um, LT, where are you at in terms of like, will Nate come back to the light side of the force type stuff? I hope that he does. I want someone to have the conversation with Nate that he, like the talk that he gave to Roy before they, uh, when they were like <clears throat> about to go out and play that match um, away from home, which is just that, you know, you have so much anger inside of you and I'm really worried about what's going to happen if you just keep it all for yourself. Someone needs to give that, like have that conversation with Nate. Should it be Roy? It might be Roy. I, I'm just, part of it is that I have a hard time reading who Nate really respects enough 
to hear those words from because honestly he's just going to turn into his dad like his dad is just such a grumpy Gus who poo-poos like every good thing that like his son has ever tried to do um, or at least that we've seen over the course of the show and if he doesn't want to turn into his dad then he's going to have to have some type of come to Jesus moment or Allah moment or whomever <laughs> your deity of choice may be his name but, is Nick Muhammad yes. <laughs> exactly um, but yes I, I I don't know if that means that he'll need to have that conversation with Ted if Ted is the only one who can make get that have that breakthrough happen uh because you know with with roy and with beard they just want to kick the crap out of him like they're just angry so ted might need to be the one to have the conversation what if it's keely because they left on such an interesting and awkward note that we didn't love, but they had, and he seems to have really respected her throughout the course of the series and not necessarily in an amorous way. Uh, he misinterpreted that situation and took it there, but throughout it was just always, she's so nice. And even though Nate is very meek and very timid, he could always really go to her for advice uh, or for opportunities. And she made him feel better. So I wonder if her reading him for filth would be something that would impact him in a way that these other people wouldn't mm, i think that's interesting um uh yeah i mean i i kind of like that a lot um i think that there's a lot of value that uh that that nate would get from like hearing the business from keely uh you know like hearing hearing the business from Ke- from keely especially after what went down between them in um in the season two finale but i'm also like i'm not like I'm not like relishing the the possibilities of that scene, you know, like I feel like that's an unpleasant scene. Um, not that it's a bad scene. Like, I think that like it's it's potentially like a, a really strong performance from from both uh, actors and like great movement forward for both characters, but also one that's going to be like deeply unpleasant potentially to to have to check out. But I think yeah. that's the whole storyline with Nate. The whole thing is deeply unpleasant. It's, it's all like it's. It, and it it hurts all the more because Nate was someone Nate started off as the classic underdog. You know, he was someone that we actively rooted for and you can go back and I did go back and like rewatch from the first season again with having more context seeing how they were going to steer Nate's story um by the time that became evident for season 2. And you can see all of the little threads that are there. Nick Muhammad even tweeted uh, a bunch of them out um, after the last episode, the finale aired. But it's just, you know, you, you, we rooted for Nate to do well. It was such a big deal when he actually became a coach and he had an immediate impact in terms of what he was doing. And it's just one of those things where, you know, it, it was inevitable that it was all going to go to his head because the advice that he mainly wanted from Keely was how to become famous. Um, not like how to become a better person or be better at my job. So maybe it would come from Keely. That would be a little bit contrived though, considering she's not going to be around, um, anymore next season because she's got her own gig. That could be why, though, right? Because you need somebody who's going to show up in, um, you know, multiple storylines. It's going to be harder for like the Ted, uh, like the Ted Lasses of the world and the Richmond coaching staff potentially to to pop up there. 
Yeah. And I mean, depending on what his reputation is, he could solicit her services as a PR professional uh, and she could read him in that regard. Right. She could say, like, Nate, I know who you are on the inside, but this is how you're coming off. And this is why. And this is mm. what you can do to fix it. Like that's a PR professional's job. Right. So yeah. on some level, it's kind of naturally baked in the possibility of it. But I I do find it appealing that it could be Roy because. Roy has always sort of been at arm's length with Nate. Like he never sh shoved him against the lockers in the first season. And he was the one who sort of stood up for him and hated himself for doing it and hated Ted for putting him in the position to do it uh, and for caring. Right. Uh, but then in season two, he was sort of like there was a, a degree of incredulity. Every time Nate did something that Roy wasn't sure about, Roy just kind of cocked his head back. And like, for example, when Nate was ranting about wanting to be, did you guys ever want to be the guy? Do you ever want to be the boss? Um, he gets, he gets all the credit, you know, and then Roy was just like, that's the job, son. Like mm -hmm. he was just sort of looked at him like, I, I don't know what you're ranting about. You're ranting about the arrangement. Like this is the way that this happens. Like I don't understand. And there were a couple other moments where Nate was just being a dick or doing something wrong. And Roy just sort of looked at him funny. So, uh, maybe there is a, a world, uh, especially considering that. Nate was wearing the black suit and sort of aping Roy to a degree in the 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 run up to the finale here. Um, maybe there's a world where uh, Nate really respects Roy, wants to be Roy, and Roy is the one that's able to call him out in a way that is constructive, not in a violent way. And that would be growth for Roy as well. Um, so I think that's a possibility. But I, I like the idea of it being Keeley. Um, because I, again, I want these characters to have storylines that show their abilities to be successful, that showcase their strengths that are absent and apart from amorous or romantic relationships. And, um, that's been my complaint about Keely. And I'm not going to completely revisit it here, but, um, I think more opportunities for her to do things like that, not less is uh, better for the show. So I, I, um, I, I was thinking about like, so Nate's whole thing is like, I want to be famous. Like, I don't want to be better at my job. I want to be famous. I want recognition. And mm -hmm. so I was thinking like, does it, does it, is it going to land from somebody who's famous to like hear like, you know, this advice? Like maybe like, you know, he's not going to take it seriously coming from Roy or Keely. These are like pretty well known people. Certainly Roy really well known. Um, and Keely has been like a lot of people's like, uh, high school crushes, right? We saw like during the Christmas episode, stuff like that. Um, so like, is he going to take that seriously from people who have achieved th the thing that he has not? And I almost feel like whether or not he, uh, he receives it right. Like, I I think that that's a very valuable conversation to have that like that sort of like grass is always greener type of thing like the view isn't so great from up here you know like it's there's there's things about being up here that are great and there's things about being up here that are not so great it's certainly not solving all of my issues you know like i think that mm -hmm. that could be interesting i don't know I, I love the idea of that roy and uh nate conversation um but i think it ultimately is gonna have to come back to Ted. Right. Like, uh, like, I think, like, Beard's a fun pit stop on that journey, too, because Beard's ready to just, like, punch Nate's head off. Oh, right yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, he uh, said he'd headbutt him. Yeah. <laughs> Into know? oblivion. Like, yeah, he would, like, take him all the way out of existence uh, if he could. Um, so, like, I think uh, there's, uh, there's, there's a few different contenders here. I want to keep the Star Wars conversation going, because I thought this was a really fun thing that we got from Chad in San Diego via Calgary. Uh, this is who uh, wrote in here and said, if the show follows the Star Wars original trilogy analogy, originality, trilogy analogy, that's what Chad uh, wrote. These are not my... <laughs> I love that you're disavowing <laughs> that, that word. Play. I'm just telling you that this is what Chad wrote. Uh, Chad then says, 
if it's following that, then who will be the Ewoks of season three? Uh, who's going to yub nub our way through, uh, the, the final season of Ted Lasso, if it is indeed the final season, or at least the return of the Jedi season. Um, Chad, uh, posits the pub boys yeah. that they will attend mm-hmm. the premier league final, uh, and storm the field when AFC Richmond wins and celebrate just like the Ewoks did in ROTJ. Is there a way, Antonio, that the lads would be able to have like a little bit more story agency? Uh, in in an Ewokish fashion. Well, that's interesting. Uh, so what we're going to see, like their the forced moon of their their home planet, if you yeah. will. Like we're going <laughs> to see maybe some more about where they live, how they live, uh, in their natural habitat. I feel like the pub is their natural habitat. So uh, I don't know. I like the idea of them being the ones. I mean, I had said it, of course, earlier in this season. Like I want to see those guys get into the stadium. I, I want to see them get into uh, the hallowed grounds of Nelson Road, and of course they did in in a very uh, cathartic and euphoric way that I think really did reward a lot of keeping them away, uh, from, from the realms. And I, I guess if there's a, a, ma- a massive match where AFC Richmond is maybe trying to play, say, for the Premier League title, uh, maybe they're facing down West Ham. Uh, maybe those possibilities are there. Uh, I'd love to see those three dancing on the pitch at the end, uh, as a, as a nice tribute to Return of the Jedi. That would be great. Do you want to see actual Ewoks on Ted Lasso? Would that be fun? Um, I think I could do without actual literal Ewoks. Ewoks. Yeah, I think that the the pub boys are a good possibility. Another good possibility. Leslie has a ton of kids, you know. Um, oh yeah, you know they could yub nub with the best <laughs> of them. Leslie kind of has an Ewok vibe. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they're like a family of hobbits essentially. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Weasleys, I think. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I I think that it would be. It would definitely be a dream come true for those guys from the pub. And like, you know, if May got to get away from behind the bar for a bit and uh, and go to the game, like actually go see the the game happen live, that would be fun for them. Um, I mean, they're like the biggest fans. So we want to see good things happen for the fans. Yeah. Uh, but I, I love the idea of like the Higginses being more important, like the greater Higgins family, uh, somehow having like this massive role in, uh, season three would be, would be ridiculous. But I don't know. I think, I think that the, the pub, the pub lads, that's a, that's a good call. It's just the the idea that there would be there will be something to celebrate at the end of the third season. I think is important, and I think that that is definitely something that should be tracked. Uh, obviously, where we're at on that though is that the third season, at least now, we don't have a new trilogy to look forward to uh, after this third season. It just does seem like this might be the final season of Ted Lasso. That's been in the discourse a lot over the last couple of weeks. Obviously, people want to know what are we thinking? Is Jason Sudeikis going to change his mind? Has he made his mind? up? Does he have something beyond a third season? I'm curious, uh, Latanya, from your perspective, let's say that the Ted Lasso at AFC Richmond story ends after the third season, and that Ted Lasso goes back to America, goes back to Henry, goes back to everything he's got in Kansas, and maybe takes a job coaching, let's say, high school soccer there. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the Ted Lasso story, and Ted is removed from the story. We obviously could spin that off, and we could have Ted Lasso coaching high school soccer in Kansas being Ted Lasso. Is there a world where Apple has two Ted Lasso branded shows and we continue with the fortunes of AFC Richmond and we also have Ted Lasso in Kansas? Uh, Do you think that that's a possibility? 
So just in terms of like what I think Tim Cook would want, like he obviously wants and I, you know, he and I are close friends. We talk often about these kinds of things. I'm really shocked that you're bringing this up publicly. I thought that. Well, you told us this was a no fly. Yeah, it's okay. I I signed a reverse NDA. What up, Tim? (laughs) Yeah. Um, FDA. A full disclosure. And I said that. Uh, So. I mean, I know that he, like, this is a cash cow for them. It's an awards getter for them. They want to be involved in this business as long as the Ted Lasso business is around. So I could see Jason Sudeikis doing, you know, a show where it would allow him to be in America, where he obviously would be able to be with his family and not take that time away from them and to work. Uh, in coaching either soccer or American football. But I can also see Jason Sudeikis, Sudeikis wanting to do other things. Like he had in his mind that he wanted this to be a three episode, oh, sorry, a three season arc. Um, so maybe there's a spinoff or two that happens, but it doesn't involve Ted Lasso at all. Yeah. Um, just because, you know, Sudeikis has done this and is like ready to move on to something else. Yeah. You want a hot take? Sure. Of Here's- course. Spicy, spicy take. Spicy. Uh, I think Ted Lasso stands a good chance of actually achieving this vision of ending at three seasons and no further seasons and potentially even no spinoffs, at least on Apple TV. This Mm. is the spicy take because Apple TV won't be making shows anymore. Apple TV won't be a thing. Apple TV will be the first one to lay down arms in the, in these streaming wars. In the streaming wars? Really? That's the, that, that's the hot spicy take that Apple won't even be making shows. So there won't be a Ted Lasso season four to even have to consider. Yeah. I mean, as far as corporate hegemony goes, there's at least a solid shot that they buy Netflix or they buy uh, an existing streamer or something that they can do. And they just let that streamer be and it be their content. I, I, I don't know. I, I, they've renewed Mythic Quest. That was in the news this week. Ted Lasso sure. himself mm-hmm. popped up on the announcement, uh, weirdly and in, in a way that I don't understand exactly why, except for maybe cross promotional Apple platform, uh, promotion, but they renewed that show for two more seasons. So they're going oh. to be around at least a little while, but is, there, are they going to be around for the long haul such that they invest? Are they in here two? in five years? I don't yeah, think Yeah, it's a good so. question. It's a very good yeah. question. Are we here in five years? No. Are we here in five years? <laughs> yeah. Is anyone like, yeah. uh, yeah. Yeah. You know, the great heat death of the universe is inevitably coming, oh, but yeah, obviously we've seen things can happen yeah. a lot sooner than that. There are yeah. bodies of water just fully on fire. Yeah. And we're yeah. talking about what they're not in Cleveland be. anymore. <laughs> yeah, but we're supposed to be here to like, guys, don't worry about the bodies of water on fire for 45 minutes or however okay. long a podcast is supposed to go. I uh, yeah, so violate I, that rule regularly. I do think with all the writers in the writer's room, you've got all these different people from Beard and Jane to Nick Mahomes to Brett Goldstein, like these are all writers in the show who care deeply about their characters. Uh, so there is probably a world where you've got enough people who write on this show and who are committed to the show to continue the show without Ted, if you want, uh, or to create spinoffs uh, and to have the Sam Obasanya restaurant show and to have mm. uh, the AFC Richmond show with a new coach uh, or to have the Ted Lasso in Kansas show that exists in the world of Ted Lasso and where Ted could bring Roy Kent in to give pep talks to his team of high school. Uh, you know, I guess it would be, you know, high school soccer players, women or men. It doesn't matter. Um, 
so there's there's a world where you can do all this stuff. But I agree with you, LT, that it it really does seem like it's up to Jason Sudeikis how much he wants to do. Uh, but of course, with the IP and Apple and the content providers and Bill Lawrence involved, like there's a world where they can do a lot of TV without Jason Sudeikis. Uh, and maybe the best uh, proof of concept for Ted Lasso's uh, ethos or ability to uh, build a, a successful program at AFC Richmond is that it doesn't need Ted to operate. Like maybe that's the, the, the best way to say it is that he can go move on and, and turn some more doubters into believers. And we've got a team full of believers at AFC Richmond that doesn't need Ted anymore. I think that would be, that's a very likely outcome for the show Ted Lasso in season three. What that means for the show beyond that, I don't know, but that's, that's definitely something I've seen a lot of speculation about. And that's, that's what's on a lot of people's minds right now. And of course, everyone associated with the show is like, I don't want to think about, you know, what's happening later when we're still writing season three and we're still breaking season three. Mm-hmm. That's what's on my mind right now. I don't know how I feel. So if Jason Sudeikis worked in the show as a bit of catharsis and to allow himself to be more vulnerable and to get through some difficult things that were going on in his life and he feels like he's accomplished that goal, I hope he is happy to move on. I really don't want him to make the show if he doesn't want to make it. But I'm here for whatever they want to do. Do we... Um, is, is this a hot take? Is it a hot take to say that I... Uh, if if Jason Sudeikis' vision for Ted Lasso is three seasons and that's done, then that's what I want and I don't even want the spinoffs. And I want all of the people who are involved in this from the writers to the actors to then just go on and do like other awesome stuff with different characters and different stories. Um, I don't think it's the worst thing in the world if a thing lasts, you know, approximately 30 ish episodes, you know, like if that's, if that was what was outlined, like there is definitely a world in which like, um, a spinoff is really powerful and really, really good. And I think that that could be great. And I'm not saying I'm against it, but maybe like, I don't know. Maybe it would be nice to see Brett Goldstein do something that isn't just Roy Kent. You know, like I think yeah. like that, I think that that could be, I think that that could be good. And if like the arc has been conceived as like this three seasons thing, let's just like stick to that. And I guess come what may after that. But, um, you know, I think that, I think that there's, uh, there's value to having like shorter stories. Um, you know, a show doesn't just have to continue on. Um, with so many different iterations of the thing because it was successful and because we like it. Sometimes it's, sometimes it's good to really have loved a thing and then like you are done with the thing. It doesn't mean you stop loving it. It just means that like the people who made it now get to make other stuff that you're going to love. Um, and that would be a very British way to do this show. I mean, in the UK, that's kind of how it happens. Their seasons are shorter. Their run times for the shows are also shorter. They have a plan in mind and they stick to that. Um, I think it's bold and a good thing to go out like on top, if that makes any sense to like go out when there's still a ton of demand for something and people maybe want there to be spinoffs or want there to be more material, but you know, you're going out on your own terms. You know, it's one of those, is it better to like, um, what is it? Is it better to burn out than burn out fade or away? Fade away, hey, yeah. Hi, hi, hey, hey. <laughs> I don't. I didn't get it right. What is happening? <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Uh, yub nubbing. You know, just general yub nubbing. Just random assorted <laughs> yub nubbery. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, how about this? Why don't we, uh, let's throw it to the sponsors again real quick. We've got more feedback to get into a lot of reviews of season two from the listeners of post show recap. So we're going to read some of those when we come back. Just a moment, everybody. See you real soon. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, we're back. See, it was real soon. Um, I've got a lot of different people who wrote in with just like general vibes about season two. Um, you know, we talked about this earlier about um, whether or not, you know, season one versus season two, like some of the different ways which in which people have interpreted interpreted that. Um, the the prolific Riley uh, with, a, with a mini essay in terms of his feelings toward Ted Lasso season two. This is what Riley wrote. Um, my major feedback for the season would be that season one is a far better season of television, but season two is my favorite. And it's mainly because the moments that hit for me in season two hit hard. The emotionality and the discussions around mental health, the storytelling with Ted, the moments with Jamie and his father, this hit especially hard for me. Um, they made me feel the emotionality of the show much more than season one. I definitely think season one is better, but season two had the moments that really, really hit for me and they're going to stick with me a lot more. I will remember the gist of season one, but I'll remember the moments of season two. Um, I think that that resonates with with me, Antonio, as far as like certainly like the emotionality of season two, uh, like season season one, not that it didn't have many different layers to it. I just I do think you walked away from season one feeling more like positive about the state of the world and the possibilities of the world than probably you did in season two to a certain extent, at least. I don't know, like sort of like the emotional spectrum of season two. Uh, was very affecting for for me. So I just I, I I feel what Riley is is saying in in that um in that regard. I definitely understand. I mean, season one was not as messy as season two. Season two mm-hmm. got into a lot of deeper stuff. There was some messiness and there was some deeper stuff in season one. And it's it's the highlights and tan lines in episode five when we first find out about uh, why Ted came to the UK and what his issues are at home uh, in the U.S. with Michelle and Henry. Um, and then. 
in Make Rebecca Great Again, especially with the panic attack and uh, with Ted being there uh, in in his place of extreme vulnerability and Rebecca being there for Ted the way Ted was there for Rebecca earlier in the season and the For the Children episode when Rebecca was having an issue uh, dealing with Rupert showing up. Um, the Rebecca being there for Ted hit a little bit differently for me at that time because she was the one causing a lot of what was happening. So mm-hmm. it was sort of like, uh, you know, vampire comforting you after they turned you into a vampire. But, uh, but I will say that, um, season one was not as messy in that regard as season two. Season two got a lot deeper into that sort of stuff. So I feel Riley very deeply about that in terms of season one, maybe being a little cleaner, uh, and a little bit easier and a little better in that regard. Season two getting deeper and by as a result of getting deeper hitting deeper uh but maybe maybe not feeling as clean by the end and i definitely think that that was the case and going back to mr robot i i think that there was a lot of that there uh in mr robot as you were talking about earlier with the second season going deeper in a way that adds so much meaning to the show uh but in a way that certainly um maybe makes people feel differently than the uh, roller coaster of season one um, it's, uh, contemplative stuff and stuff that really takes the time, uh, to get you into places that you're not comfortable with, um, can maybe be less enjoyable, even as it may be more affecting. So mm-hmm. I think Riley's onto something there for sure. Um, the extra episodes in season two probably didn't help in terms of like, how clean the show was, the, the narrative arc. Um, anytime you add more episodes, I feel like you get into a position where you are putting in a, you're putting yourself in this pl- a place where you, compared to your other product, maybe your other product with less episodes was felt cleaner or felt like a better season. So I think those aspects of it play as well. But I, I definitely agree that the deepness of season two and what they got into was, was more affecting for sure. And maybe that's why people, um, maybe people wanted to be breezier and they don't want, uh, the depth of emotion that on display here um, and they don't want a 42 minute show they'd rather have a sitcom or more of a sitcom so the show is evolving and it is now almost a dramedy uh, like a 42 minute network show so it it's very interesting to see how that happened with Ted Lasso and I imagine season 3 will be more like season 2 than season 1 yeah that was my impression of Mumford um <laughs> Was that, that was good? good. That was yeah. good. You should do a cover band. Yeah. Mm. Wiggler and Sons. <laughs> yeah. Wiggler and Sons. Uh, no, I feel that. I think that that, uh, that tracks for me. Like, I think, um, if we, what, if we expand, if we're expanding the episode runtimes by 10 minutes every season, right? Like, so like season three will all be like 55 minute episodes. Uh, Which I'm totally as, fine with. As the show, I mean, like that's actually kind of interesting. Is like a show sort of like slowly revealing its actual genre, Latanya. Mm. Of like, it started off as like a this is like a thing that you can do in like the digital space. I don't know if people are like if this is done with a lot of like mindful intention or not, but I think it's a fun idea of like tricking people into thinking like you're just watching that 22 minute sitcom yeah. and it like balloons out to 43 minute drama um as rebecca said she's a sneaky salty bitch yeah you know we had some feedback <laughs> about the cookies by the way i don't know if you care uh but it's a really <laughs> funny comment from andrew who wrote and said i just want to share my story of mixing up the salt and the sugar when i was in junior <laughs> high uh in my cooking class the cookies tasted terrible uh, that's the story. Is it? <laughs> that's the story. It's a good story. The story of Andrew mixing up the salt and the sugar uh, on his cookies recipe when he was at junior high uh, in Kansas. Uh, was the 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 whole story is I did that and the cookies tasted like it shit. Was <laughs> it was the world where that was going to be good. 
It's the least plausible part of season two of Ted Lasso for yeah, me. Yeah, sweet and salty is good. I love combo, sweet and salty. You, I know. I you get need it. the sweet. You need the sweet. Yeah, it messes like up that badly salt. in like the baking ratios, and then it turns out well. Like that's a that's like forget like the ways in which the show seem to be uh, completely uh, disavowing the tenets of journalism. Yes, uh, yes. this is like really uh, you know spitting in the face uh, Nate style uh, of the whole uh, baking world. Oh, it's very popular, Josh. I don't know if you know this, but it's very popular to shit on science right now. So oh, I have heard the show that. Is tapping into. I have yeah. heard that. I've heard that's that science, but down. this is a turtle. So yeah. <laughs> I've heard that. that's going down. A turtle or a turtle? A turtle. Okay, I've got eternals on it's, the mind. Eternals all the way down. Yeah, eternal eternals <laughs> all the way down. It should be somebody's review if they didn't like Marvel's Eternals. Uh would be really, really, really funny. Um we were probably talking about something serious, and then the sweet and salty stuff came up, and I'm so sorry about that. It's all right. You uh, you were definitely talking about the uh, the cookies. Like the I don't remember how you the stru- like the yeah. structure, the structure, oh, yeah. changing the from uh, changing from a 30 minute to yeah, a well, yeah. Well, that's a really like, cool genre bendy thing that you can do when you're good at writing and yeah. have like you know a lot of talented people who can play uh, drama but also play comedy. So you know, and there's a lot of I mean. Just like built into the premise of the show, there has to be like a, a requisite amount of uh, amount of heartbreak, you know, in there. Um, this is a, a person who's like moved to a different country. He's like divorced his wife. He doesn't see his son. Um, you know, there there's like things abound that all the other characters are going through as well. We just kind of get almost the toxic posi- positivity in the first season. And then we start to like, you know, peel back those layers of the onion and realize like, okay, yeah, a lot of the things that like Ted did in the first season were very charming and disarming, but like, are they necessarily how we're supposed to behave and how we're supposed to like handle ourselves in life? Maybe not. So it's growth and it's always going to be messy and feel a little bit like work. Cause it is. Um, but I like that about the show. Um, this was another review. This is from Marissa, who was, uh, prolific in the Ted Lasso channel. Uh, Such good feedback from Marissa. Really, really, really mm-hmm. great content from Marissa, uh, all season long. Uh, Marissa said, this season of Ted Lasso reminded me to remain curious and trust the process. This season was a different viewing experience for me than season one. In season one, I binged the whole thing in a matter of days. And with season two, I had time to integrate the themes of each episode before the next one. Mm. With season one, I could make a prediction and instantly see how it played out. This season, I had to remain open and curious as to where the writers were taking me. I think it's a good reminder for me that it all come, uh, that when it comes to all TV viewing, um, I think it's a good reminder for me when it comes to all TV viewing. Sorry, I botched the sentence. Uh, Marissa continues, beyond that, I still love the show and I love the character so much that I named a Dungeons and Dragons character, Keely Richmond Hound. Uh, that's an incredible <laughs> that. name for a Dungeons and Dragons character. That's fantastic. Uh, I believe that's in the post show recaps patron Dungeons and Dragons campaign. I am looking forward to meeting Keeley Richmond Hound. Uh, that's incredible. Are we? Are, are the three of us playing Ted Lasso D and D? Is that happening? Oh my god! Oh my goodness! How does that even happen? I, I've yet to participate in one of the uh, the show specific D and D sessions. I'm just saying. Um, Neither have I. If we Wait, wanna, yes, I have. Yeah, come on. <laughs> 
<laughs> I, I never said that I could remember all the stuff, folks. Hey, <laughs> uh, that's how you know you've made it in podcasting. Did you, I only, did I you only... podcast about things like for sure you did it, but you have no memory of doing <laughs> no, it? Congratulations. Yes. You've made it as a podcast. It's true. It's so it. true. It's so true. Yeah. Did you uh, podcast about a whole season of USA Network's <laughs> The Sinner? <laughs> uh, no, that didn't happen. It didn't happen. Like, it, that's it the happened kind of thing, and like, I listened to it. True or, true or false, Josh, you podcasted about the sinner uh i would probably fail that question uh now i wouldn't but like a couple of weeks ago i may yeah. have like, like did we do that the yeah. new season is out that's all i'm saying i haven't checked I it out yet but that's, i i like that, that show four it's season four i like oh, that wow. show it's a good Already. show my god uh yeah. but i you know it, lt i know you did because that's what made me want to jump in and play uh with the post show recaps D crew was you showing up on the community building one uh and playing so uh, I would. Uh-huh. I mean, I'm I'm open to it. Also, I'm saying I'm open I to the Ted fu- Lasso. I think it'd be fun to do a, a Ted Lasso Dungeons and Dragons one shot where the combat is uh, soccer <laughs> mechanics. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that would be good. That'd be I don't good. know how you do Slide it. Slide tackling. I, yeah, yeah, I think that could be fun. That yeah. could we just fun. we the three of us just need to play D and D together. Uh, I think is what this com- what it all comes down to as a Lannis. Yeah, say. with uh, with Keely Richmond Hound, please. Yes, please. Um, but I think um, Antonio. I imagine Marissa is saying. A lot of like what you have been like really really feeling uh in yes. terms of like the viewing experience because i think like this is definitely like i think for the for the vast majority of people's experiences with ted lasso it's not everybody but i think like it is the lion's share of people who like watched season one really fast and then people who came to season two and watched it week to week and there's probably a a, a pretty pretty thick line connecting like the people who loved season one uh, and maybe didn't love season two to like those experiences. Um, but that's like something that you can just apply, I think, really broadly to TV right now of like, uh, we do live in this space where you could hop onto Hulu and crush a season of, I don't know, what we do in the shadows. Only murders um, in the building. Only murders in the building. Like you can, like that might happen, right? Like, and then season two of Only Murders in the Building is going to come out and people are like, this is trash, but that's yep. because they're watching week to week now yep. and things yep. aren't mm-hmm. moving as fast. Yeah. And I, the be curious, not judgmental and all those things the show really puts in, at the center of this and using that uh, as a lens uh, to see the world uh, in, in, in kind of the Ted Lasso effect, seeing Ted Lasso believe signs everywhere, whether it's in the new version of Football Manager, uh, the very popular uh, football simulating game, uh, or whether it's in actual coaching. We've seen that with, we talked about throughout the season, my Cincinnati Reds popping up with the manager, David Bell and Joey Votto talking about Ted Lasso and Roy Kent and Jamie Tart, um, and them being big fans of the show and really using that uh, to broaden their relationship uh, and to, uh, to deepen it. And, Taking the ethos from the show, it's just so fascinating to think about because as I've mentioned, uh, and as has been pointed out to me, um, the researcher, author, sociologist, social worker, Brene Brown is such an influence on this show. It's really difficult to quantify how much unless you get real deep with it. But if you even begin to listen to her podcast with, uh, she did one after season one with Jason Sudeikis and Brett Goldstein. She's got Brett on again. She had Sarah Niles on, uh, to talk about Dr. Sharon, uh, and just her acting career and what she tried to bring to that character. All of these things, the Ted Lasso way is so rooted in her research, her TED talks, her writings. Uh, it's just a fascinating way to think about how 
the universe is not just this series of unconnected things, that there are these connections that are built. So someone can share an idea in a TED Talk or, or write it in a book, uh, and then someone like Jason Sudeikis can be moved by that idea, and it can impact their creative work, which then we can watch, and it will impact the way not only we view the show, but the way we view the world, um, that butterfly effect, the ripple effect of that, uh, I think Ted Lasso is a great example of it in a way that has not been so clean. I mean, we talked about Mr. Robot earlier. Mr. Robot reflected inf- a ton of influences, of course, but most of those were filmmakers. Most of that was Stanley Kubrick or, mm-hmm. uh, you know, things like that, that were, that were really top of mind for Sam Esmail. Some of those seventies thrillers like New York movies like that, uh, that he was really just in, in, in making Mr. Robot in service of or in tribute to. Um, this is something very different, I think. This is, uh, this is a show about kindness, about empathy, about vulnerability, about all of these very important, I think, especially to our time, emotional concepts that Jason is pulling from a lot of sources, but especially from Brene Brown. So it's really interesting to think about the tail wagging the dog, the dog wagging the tail and how this all really reverberates uh, throughout all forms of media and how one idea, a one thing that was shared by one person uh, can be amplified and can really change uh, the way a lot of things are happening, including the way we watch television, not just this show, but others. I think that is the Ted Lasso effect that is really hard to quantify, but I think that will be the lasting impact of the show for sure. Yeah. Um, one more review that I'd like to read, uh, from the great Jim Fells. Jim said, as somebody who binged both seasons one and two with just the tiniest break between them, I'm pretty sure I prefer season two. Uh, oh, yeah, Jim, Jim says it, it was more focused on the ensemble cast. It seemed a lot more emotional and the humor was less forced, except for the lead tasso moment. Uh, yeah, tasso. <laughs> no uh, no. uh, Jim says, which I personally wanted to be over the moment it started. Um, in retrospect, I would just add this is that I feel like the lead tasso moment was like, um, like awkward and forced and uncomfortable to watch. And that's, you know, probably the point. Like, I wonder how that plays when you know that like the show is really going to go deep on Ted, uh, for the rest of season two. Cause like that's the, like the lead tasso thing is sort of like a precursor of Latanya to like when he like goes to, to Dr. Sharon and, and mm-hmm. it's like tr- trying out all the different positions and everything like that. And that's all super uncomfortable. Right. Like, like the jokes aren't landing from Ted for so much of the season. And I think like that's part of the point. Yeah, we're supposed to feel like he's off kilter and we as the audience are kind of out of sync with this character and the way that he would typically present himself because he is dealing with so much inner turmoil that he has not. I mean, he's not even dealing with it, honestly. It's just kind of like building up and building up. And then he's having panic attacks. He is... Um, trying new coaching tactics that don't necessarily make any sense or aren't productive. And he's threatened, um, by, um, the, uh, doctor being there in the first place. Um, and that brings us to like the whole rant that he has against psychiatry, <laughs> um, where he just basically puts down Dr. Sharon's entire job. So it's like, yeah, it's just very, um, effective in how awkward it is because we as the audience definitely feel a, a differently about Ted in season two than we felt about him in season one. 
um, because in season one, he's supposed to be like the fish out of water. He's supposed to be the person who doesn't necessarily understand what's going on. You would hope that by season two, he would have put in the work to like get to that point where he still didn't have to ask questions like explain to me what offsides means or like, you know, what are the, what are these terms or what are these tactics? So, you know, it, it's all about the journey that Ted necessarily has to take in order to work on himself as a person, in order to be a more effective coach and more effective in any of the roles in his life. Yeah. Um, Antonio, this came uh, your way from Ethan. Um, Ethan had said, I'm wondering if Antonio has predictions on how the licensing deal will be used next season and if uh, he expects player coach cameos in season three. Um, Antonio, can you, can you weigh in on this at all in terms of what is the licensing deal? Is it an Apple thing? Yeah, this was sort of, uh, it's in, it came across my desk in a way that had nothing to do with, uh, the show Ted Lasso per se. I got spoiled essentially, uh, right maybe like a few days before the finale. Uh, I got spoiled that Richmond were going to win and I got spoiled by this story on the athletic, uh, a pay, uh, sports journalism site I subscribe to. Uh, if you are interested in sports, it's worth checking out. They're not a sponsor of this program, but, uh, hit me up. I think I still have a couple guest passes. Um, AC Mazzaro at Twitter, but uh, on the athletic, they had a story about how Apple had closed a deal with the Premier League to allow Ted Lasso to use Premier League team logos, to use Premier League uh, archival video, um, and uh, everything associated with the Premier League. Essentially, spoiling that uh, Ted Lasso and AFC Richmond would be coming back to the Premier League for season three. Um, this deal was was settled and announced a few days before the final season or the final episode premiered. So um, that means, of course, that they, they can not only, I mean, they mentioned teams like Everton in the first season, or you hear about Man City a lot. We've seen Man City's jerseys and logos, uh, although not necessarily everything completely accurate with their club, obviously. We've heard their manager, Pep, but we've not seen him. The tricky part about cameos, of course, is that I know they're writing. It can be expensive. Uh, it can be expensive, uh, yeah, depending, depending on, on who's... Uh, yeah. How they value themselves on the website. Exactly. Yeah. You could get, you know, you could, you could pay a few uh, people who really think pretty highly of themselves. You could pay somebody from an old reality show 35 bucks and get a two minute, uh, video, or you could pay Caitlyn Jenner. some of them are like thousand dollars. Yeah, like some some like ex survivors are thinking that they're worth like a like a triple figure, you know, a three figure things. Like, sorry, no. Uh, well, they, I'm not sure if they would charge it if they weren't getting it from somebody. Maybe so, I guess I don't know. Yeah, I don't know about that either. But what I will say is, uh, I don't think that's the cameos of which we speak. I think we're talking about actually showing up in the show, um, and that would be different. Uh, I don't know uh, with the sh- with the show being written right now. The Premier League schedule is insane. That said, there are a couple international breaks baked into every season uh, where the teams, the Premier League teams aren't playing and the players go play for their countries. Uh, and they spend a couple weeks, you know, playing for the United States or playing for Italy or playing for Germany or England against those other countries. And the club managers at that point, they, you know, they stay back and they work with the people they've got. But shows being filmed in London, uh, it wouldn't be that difficult during an international break to imagine you might have somebody pop over for a little while. I don't know the tech of Ted Lasso's filming the actual football scenes. 
I will say it felt a lot better this season. It felt a lot like there was more money in it. It was slicker. Um, I think that they've built out the cast um, with Bumbercatch and Colin and uh, and Zero and all these guys. But the rest of the people, I think, that are on the club that we don't necessarily see, my understanding is they're all people that are particularly good at football. And maybe they're not as good at the acting part. Uh, and they're there really to show like the legitimacy of training and the moves on the pitch and all that sort of thing. So if they really want to, it sounds like they, the door is open for them to bring in a cameo. Uh, the most likely or fun cameo for me would be someone like Jose Mourinho, uh, an irascible manager who is not a manager in the Premier League currently. Uh, he's managing in Roma in Serie A. So, I don't think that uh, that you could get my dream cameo there. But, of course, my club is Liverpool. I would love to see Jurgen Klopp on this show. Jurgen himself, uh, a lot of the Ted Lasso ethos earlier in this episode when I said turning doubters into believers, that sounded like a Ted Lasso thing. You guys heard it. You probably thought that. That's a Jurgen Kloppism. Um, so there is a lot of shared DNA there. It would be a dream for me to see Jurgen show up on the show. He's a known figure, and it would be really fun to see him show up, especially if they, they cast him a little bit as a villain uh, in his cameo because he's not that uh, it would be great to see so that's my dream as far as the archival footage goes there's they could they could do anything you could have the really easy thing you could do is you could have the continual Greek chorus uh, minus Roy Kent in the studio on soccer Saturday um, showing Premier League footage uh, and that's a, that's a thing they'll do I just think it's going to look a lot slicker soccer wise in this season of Ted Lasso for sure hope so because it's I mean, the soccer is like the weakest part of Ted Lasso. <laughs> it's also the part where they just didn't like that was my for my friend group that I was with last night that were watching the show. Their number one complaint is like the soccer doesn't even matter anymore. Like, I don't it's not even a real part of the show. They barely showed any matches. They showed them getting destroyed by City. Uh, and maybe they showed the last match, but they just didn't really show enough football. And I was like, Do they really show that much in season one. Like, I don't remember that being, you know, a thing. But the, the key games and them going to the games, I mean, they they really sort of just uh, hemmed and hawed and yada yada their way through the championship this season for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's effectively the feedback that I that I have. Unless Antonio, you had anything else that I that I missed that came your way. Um, but I think that's that's effectively the gist of what we got. Um, LT, what are some of the things from season two that you wanted to make sure you touched on um, before we closed out here? Like any of the storylines from the second season um, that particularly moved you or annoyed you or anything like that that comes to mind before we wrap up? Well, just real quick, I I do want to speak to um, a point that Antonio made and ask him why he's making up names of people that he wants to be on this show. <laughs> Jurgen Klopp? Yeah, come on. Like, <laughs> no one believes that. I don't he's buy a it. German jockey, yeah. Allegedly. Um, <laughs> yeah. But other than that, um, so some plot lines that I really enjoyed um, this season, I, I enjoyed... Um, the embiggening of Sam Obasanya. I love him. Um, I think that um, he's I'm just, just like- imagining him growing like Ant-Man though right now. <laughs> exactly. Um, the literal embiggening. Sam with, Sam. Sam with the, with the pin particles is a great concept. Um, I, I wish that they're, I mean, I guess. The, Although they, technically that's what Rebecca does, right? Like she goes like, yeah, ah. she makes herself big. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I, I guess that this was like, I, I don't know how much more of this I would have wanted, but 
it did feel like the kind of storylines that we had, like with the Dubai air thing and like the protesting um, in, in like soccer and just like, you know, a lot of like the just blatant racism and stuff that goes on in the game um, wasn't like, it was kind of touched on a little bit, but then that was kind of the end of it. And then we don't even get to see the press conference where Sam um, kind of like makes his case there. We just kind of learn later on that uh, Dubai air has decided to like pull out of like the Nigerian government's contracts. Um, so we see a little bit of the um, aftermath, but like, you know, there's not a lot said about it other than that. It just is a moment that they use in the show that I think that they could have gotten more leverage out of. Um, I really did not like the, like, as much as I love Rebecca and Sam as characters and I love their rapport, I just could not with the storyline of like their like intimate relationship. I just thought it was really inappropriate and, I just can't believe that like nothing happened. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like there were zero repercussions, which is just not how the world works. Like, you know, we know that Rebecca has been like a tabloid fixture for a while. The idea that she would just be able to like show up in her like very showy, like, um, what, what is it? Like a Rolls Royce Phantom that she drives around in. Um, or, or like that she's has is driven around in and would just be able to like, you know, hang outside the like one of our star players homes and like no one would notice that or say anything is a little like it strains credulity to me. Um, and I wasn't also that big of a fan of the fact that last year Rebecca's arc was about getting over Rupert. And this year, Rebecca's arc was about everything that happened at the first couple of episodes with that guy she was dating, who was just kind of like a wet dish rag. And then, <laughs> um, <laughs> and we then, know it's his name, right? Yeah, that's his actual name, yeah. Le Wet Dish Rag. Yeah, um, <laughs> he's French. Um, and so, yeah, and then her relationship with Sam becoming a thing until it wasn't. Um, it was kind of cute the way that they ended it with Sam directing his conversation about why he was staying to uh, Ted Lasso as opposed to Rebecca, but like everyone in the room knew what was going on. Um, but to have that be the only fallout from it is odd to have no one on the team ever ask about what happened um, with, with his big date that he got like the ceremonial haircut from was also a little bit odd. Um, so there was a couple things that were dropped here and there. I, I really did like what they did with Jamie Tart's character this season. Yeah. That was like a big standout for me. I thought that Phil Dunster did a really good job. Um, like the, the whole Dunster accent. Fire. Yeah. Oh yeah. Dunster's on fire. In the Fuego. accent is hilarious because it's not how he actually sounds. And the racing stripe with the eyebrows, the whole thing. Um, he was the best dancer, uh, when they did bye, 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 uh, for, for Rebecca, sure. for sure. Yeah. So like dealing with all of his father's stuff and having those moments that he had with Roy were great and pretty much like, I, I guess I, I'm kind of like an agreement with Antonio on being a little bit down on the Roy Keeley of it all. I would have liked the, trajectory of their relationship to be a little bit different than it was um this season um but we kind of 
leave it on what almost seems like shaky ground to me. So I, I'm just really interested. Was that a breakup scene? Do you think LT mm. did it read as a breakup scene to you? It it read to me as like the um the first like step in the process of a breakup. But because all of the time passes afterwards, like there's it's a couple weeks after that, and then we jump forward months, and that's Nate. Mm-hmm. So like whenever the show resumes, it's gonna be like three months after that scene right. with Roy and Keely. So is that like the first of a few breakup scenes for us, the audience, or is that like the conversation of like uh the first of a few like conversations that lead you into the breakup, like fictionally for the characters. So that like when we were to come back they would yeah. not be together. Anymore. I think it's the latter. Yeah. Um, I really do. And I, I don't like it. Um, the, uh, the other thing that they could do, which I really hope they don't do. And I was afraid that they might do this season because they did so little with Keely was just get her pregnant and then have that be something that she and Roy had to deal with and like, you know, bond over like being parents. But I'm glad that they went another way in terms of having her, career take off because she deserves it like she worked her butt off um and did a lot of great pr for the team and she deserves her own shop um so i'm interested to seeing like what the actual independent woman looks like um when it comes to keely and how roy is going to be able to handle all of that um and then finally i guess like what this whole coaching shakeup is going to do now that they're back in the premier league are they going to hire another coach? Are they just going to keep like to replace Nate? I mean, are they just going to keep it with, um, it's going to be will, right? Will's going to step up and that's really just going to put the, (laughs) the, the salt in the, uh, that would be, that would be from the cookies into the wound. Yeah. Yes. The salt from the cookies into the wound. That's the phrase everyone's saying. Yeah. That's pretty hot, hot phrase. Yeah. But yeah, but overall, I'm just, I'm looking forward to having these characters back in my life. It's going to be like a year though, y'all. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I think, uh, you know, things are moving a little faster in production now. Um, I, I think that like we'll roughly get Ted Lasso back in 2022 around the time that we got it in 2021. So it's going to be like a standard break. I think they're going to start filming probably not terribly long from now, you know, a couple months. Um, I think it's like July and we're talking about Ted Lasso again. That's my optimistic uh, view of things. Uh, Antonio, do you think that it'll be a long break between seasons two and three of, of Lasso or like a fair, normal TV break? I think the latter. I think they'll be back by late July, early August. I'd say the same time. I really think that that's, uh, that's their goal. They're working on it. Um, I think that's probably what Apple would prefer at this point, and I think that's what everybody involved would prefer. They'll do what they have to do to make that happen, Apple. Yeah, I, that's that's based on... I mean, I'm basing that on stuff that Bill Lawrence has said in the post-mortem of this season and just the general vibe of where I know they're at uh, with the show. I just feel like that that's hopefully what we're going to get. We're not going to get a Better Call Saul three-season wait or whatever. Like, I think it'll be back definitely by this time next year, and I'd say starting probably in August again. Um, I hope so. I certainly do. Uh, I think that the, like, the headline of that is, uh, hey, hey, dear listener, like, 
don't unsubscribe from your Ted Lasso podcast feed because whenever the show comes back, we will be back as well. And we will be back before the show comes back in some capacity, I am sure, with some sort of... What did we call Lasso Lane uh, was what we had in mind. Uh, Something like that, maybe. Yeah, Lasso Lane. Yeah, the Lasso uh, Road. There's, is that there's Lasso ways, Lame, I mean, that joke? I think we'll, uh, we'll always... Was that Lasso Lame saying that, Lasso Lame? It was. It was. Yeah. Uh, no, it wasn't. Uh, I... There will always be game uh, to talk Ted Lasso if there are reasons to do so, whether that's with a guest, uh, as stellar is the one we have today, or whether that's, Aww. um, no, nope, I'm truly met, uh, or, you know, whether that's, um, something happening in the lasso verse uh, announcement of a season four announcement that it's ending um i, I think we're going to be here uh to react in this feed uh and that uh that, that there's room for that for sure uh so i'm i'm game for that uh to, to check in on ted lasso and to check in with others uh as as that progresses so that's not the end for me uh and and i i, I will definitely be back here uh looking forward to season three as well uh and i agree with what you were saying lt about some some of the the issues of this season um, that we talked about throughout or that um, still even in processing them now, I don't feel great about some of the things uh, like the Keeley, uh, the Keeley story. Um, you're right. She definitely deserved her own shop. And um, we, had, I, we had a great uh, feedback email in the penultimate episode that we didn't get to uh, before the finale. Um, about uh, it was from Jace Carter, and it was really about uh, Jace feeling differently than we did about uh, Keeley's arc from the second season. And I'm hopeful that uh, people who want more for Keeley uh, and who want more for uh, this or who feel good about her arc um, get a season three that delivers on that as well. And I, I think that will be the case. Uh, you said something there, LT, about the idea that the show could have brought a baby into the mix. I'm terrified of that. I really don't want to see that. Uh, and I hope that that's not it. I mean, some of these red herring things, it just, it feels like we're in the middle of something and not at the end of something. Mm-hmm. And it really does feel like trust the process uh, and uh, be curious, not judgmental. So, I feel like a lot of the jury is still out on on the resolution of some of those arcs, which it should be because it's a three season show and it's a three season show where they already have arced out uh, what they feel like are the past for all these characters, including Nate, including, I think, even some of the smaller characters, uh, but certainly the Jamie Tarts of the world, the Keeleys of the world, the Roy's of the world, like they have had plans for all these characters and they're executing on those plans. They're not really, I don't think, adapting too much on the fly uh, for some of these bigger stories. So I hope they have a good plan in mind and that it delivers on the promise of the characters and the performances that the actors are giving for some of these roles. I, I am fascinated to know, like when we sit down and we look at after season three, what was the story of Rebecca Welton in Ted Lasso? Like what was her growth? Uh, how was that marked? How did that show? Uh, and, and what did it ultimately result in? Um, I'll be fascinated to see what that looks like because you're right right now, LT. It does seem centered around relationships, whether it's with, uh, what was his name? Wet rag, John Wings Knight, uh, <laughs> or whether it's, uh, Le Wet Rag or whether it's something else. Like, Louette. I, I just feel like that's where we're headed with that character. And that sort of is, is careening in that direction. And there isn't much changing it, but that doesn't mean that the growth can't be marked in different ways. So it'll be fascinating to see, uh, how they carry through on this. And I mean, they're not making the show in a, a vacuum. Uh, they're making it in, uh, a world where they're hearing the feedback they know what's popular. They know what's going on. So I'll be fascinated to see how they respond to that for sure. Yeah, for sure. Um, so. 
we're gonna we're gonna have more Ted Lasso co- content coming your way whenever it's relevant, whenever we have uh, an opportunity to do it in a way that makes a lot of sense. Uh, so stick around in the feed. You'll you'll be very happy when you see like a rogue Ted Lasso podcast pop up. Uh, and at the very least, as we are in season three territory, uh, or at least getting closer to season three territory, uh, you can imagine that there is going to be. Uh, I believe that the phrase is a metric butt ton of Ted Lasso <laughs> podcasting content. So uh, check that out and also make sure that you are uh, following all things Antonio Mazzaro. He's at AC Mazzaro on Twitter. I'm not going to ask how many Z's or R's lest you dox me, Antonio. Uh, I, I didn't, you weren't supposed to see that. <laughs> I saw that and it was close. Okay. You were supposed In fact, to see it, that. Was <laughs> it was so, one number away. Yes. <laughs> all right. So let's yeah. just be cool. Let's be cool. Um, uh, LT is at LK. Uh, Starks on the Twitter bots. Latanya can be found podcasting about Insecure, the final season with Chappelle and Mari here on Post Show Recap. Should be a feed that's going to be generated relatively soon. Uh, need a couple more podcasts to come out in order for that feed to exist. But once that feed is up, you can subscribe to the Insecure Podcast feed. But if you're just subscribed to the main Post Show Recaps feed, you will get those Insecure Podcasts as they come. And LT, you mm-hmm. and I have something that we're doing here pretty soon we uh, do very would you, soon would you like to uh the honors of taking a stab at how to reveal this podcast that we've got coming out really really soon are we going to um fully reveal like the full monty um what's happening or are we just gonna drop some hints tonight's the night well, maybe not tonight, but yeah, you know, but at you know, some some a point. few a few Sunday nights from tonight's the night. Uh, and yeah, I'm it just going to say happened it. before. And I'm doing it. Happen again. Yeah, here here it is. Latanya and I are podcasting about Dexter New Blood, the <laughs> yes, new season are. of Dexter. We Antonio is putting his face in his hand. <laughs> I'm a lumberjack and I'm okay. We are LT <laughs> and I are going to be covering the return of Dexter Dexter to Showtime uh, in the not terribly distant future. We're going to have a preview show kicking off this week. So uh, check mm-hmm. that out. Uh, stay subscribed to Post Show Recaps uh, as LT and I are going to embark on, on an adventure with um, why is Dexter coming back uh, and what does it mean and how should we feel and all sorts of related uh, uh, chicanery uh, as uh, one of the the more uh, controversially ended TV shows in yeah. recent memory tries to clean that mess up. Latanya Dexter sell. Dexter is uh, <laughs> used to cleaning up messes, right? Oh, can, very much so. Can yeah. the show do this? Can the show uh, make good on? Uh, can it can it end better than it ended previously? It would be really hard to end worse than it <laughs> ended before. So yeah. I, I'm, I have high hopes. Also, just like, you know, if you don't want to watch Dexter, the reboot, we're, we're doing it for we you. We're going to do it for you. It's very much part of the pitch is like, uh, you don't want to watch it. Certainly you've been betrayed. There's reasons not to go back <laughs> and watch it. But if you just want to hear me and LT spat out nonsense, like, we're going to watch the show. We will recap the show. We will tell you what's happening on the show. Uh, so you can just listen in if you're just like kind of like morbidly curious as to what's going on. Yeah. And if you love murder, you love serial killers, you love to hear people talk about murder and serial killers. I know I do. 
Yeah. Um, then this is a podcast for you. That's I a just, really smart idea to podcast about murder and serial killers. People should be doing that. Yeah. No yeah. one's really had that idea yet. Yeah. No, Space no one has ever done open. that before. So, I love, I, I mean, this is kind of, is this going to be, uh, the, 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 uh, the, the first foray into post show recaps, uh, pioneering the, the true crime <laughs> podcasting space? Oh, you even put a name on it. That's crazy. Yeah. yeah. True crime. Oh, wow. Uh, oh, yeah. wow. Yeah, yeah. That's a lot, a lot better than the name I was going to, I was going to call it untrue crime, but untrue yours crime. is way better. Fictional crime. Sure. Fictional, Fictional crime. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> SVU. Crime podcast. Um, uh, no, I, it's going to be fun. It would be a true crime if you missed our Dexter oh, podcast. Here we go. It's going to be that. It's going to be like an hour of this. Basically, just us making bad puns. Yo, Latanya, if we're going an hour on Dexter every week, <laughs> then we screwed up. But it's probable that we screw up. We're gonna uh, screw up. For we're sure. gonna screw up. We're gonna screw up. But I think it's gonna be a really fun show. Like I think it's gonna be like e- like even if you're not watching Dexter, I think it's gonna be like a very easy one to like. You could just put me and LT on in the background, and your life will be that much better. Uh, incremental so improvement. Better. So uh, get excited about that. That preview podcast coming out later this week. Uh, as for where Antonio and I pop up next beyond Ted Lasso, we are, we are talking better call. Saul has to come back at some point, Antonio. Sure does. Uh, inevitably BCS needs to begin the process of showing us its final season. It, it, it should happen and, uh, we should do it at least once, maybe twice. Triples, maybe. Triples are good. Triples I are good. Triples, triples are best. Triples, triples are best. Are best. Triples uh, are best. Uh, yeah. so we will, we will get there. They're filming again now after, um, uh, Everything that happened with Bob Odenkirk. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, his little health scare. Yeah, so uh, excited about that when that comes out. Uh, but of course, just all things post show recaps. Subscribe to the podcast. We would love to have you in uh, in uh, in our universe, in our community beyond Ted Lasso. Uh, we do have the post show recaps Patreon. If you feel so inclined as to support us, uh, that's patreon.com slash post show recaps. Your patronage gets you uh, exclusive podcasts that are cooked up just for the patrons of post show recaps access to a really wonderful vibrant community of fellow tv and movie enthusiasts uh you get to interact with your hosts such as antonio and latanya uh and tons of other people who are around those spaces we play games together we watch stuff together uh so it's all a lot of really fun stuff there's some merch too if you want to look into that but truly just anything really really helps to to keep the podcast going to make it possible for us to do more shows the patreon is so essential for for all of that. So consider it. If uh support the arts, you know, this is the yeah. thing that I'm trying to say. Uh this is my new pitch for the Patreon Antonio's. Uh support the arts. Go to patreon.com slash post show recaps. Do you like that? I love it. It's like the PBS. We're I tried we're, that yeah. I tried that supported. out. I tried that out for the first time on a podcast that's not going to come out until like the second week of November. Uh I piloted it during a, a worst day ever podcast that Emily Fox and I banked. Uh, support the arts. Go to patreon.com slash post show recaps. It's yeah. good, right? Support yeah, I mean, a guy named Art. Yeah. The whole, the whole, yes, he's a, uh, Le Wetrag's brother. Yeah. Uh, and what was the other one? Nelson Lee something? Uh, I don't know. Frankly, uh, Lee, frankly, I don't know. Frankly, frankly old members. Frankly uh, old members. The, yeah, support the arts. I mean, that's the whole point of patronage. That's the word Patreon, patron. That whole arrangement is what they're doing is try to modernize that. So of course, yeah, support the arts. Support the arts. List, yeah. Listener supported podcast if you've ever wanted to like live like in the 15th century like the borgias and just be one of those people who supported 
people through patronages, this is your way to do that. This is your chance. Yes. This is the best way to be like the this Borgias. This is your chance. <laughs> this is it. Don't do it in any other way. But yeah. This is the way. You want to be a regular Jeremy Irons? Then support the arts. Go to patreon.com Patreon. <laughs> slash post recaps. Support the arts. This is what I'm going to say. This is, the, this, is the new, this is the new post show recaps Patreon motto. Support the arts. Go to patreon.com slash post show recaps and let us know that you are here because you wanted to support the arts we'd love to know if this is working um all right i think we got a break here uh so much fun lt getting you talking about ted lasso with us we had a blast unbelievably fun this was our dream podcast crew i am so happy that i got a chance to be here with the two of you um everything was lovely let's do it again sometime yes long may we reign I think we could figure it. Uh, Antonio, are you going to watch Dexter? You want to hop on at some point? Or, uh... <laughs> we'll get some hop-ons. I don't know, though. <laughs> um, I'm not sure about that. Yeah. I, I did enjoy the first four seasons of Dexter. Yeah, and then it just popular went off the yeah. Yeah. Yep. yeah, I'm not I'm mainstream with my Dexter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. We're definitely getting casual Dexter takes coming. I mean, if y'all wanted to podcast about Bosch or something like that, I'd be nah. in. Uh, or I told you, we almost did what we do in the shadows. I know. That, that, we were thinking about doing... Uh, uh, Ted yeah. Laszlo was uh, an idea for a <laughs> podcast. Was our idea, but we didn't get that. Would be not make it happen. We did not make it happen. But Maybe that'll be my know. Halloween costume. Ted, Ted Laszlo is a great costume. <laughs> yeah. figure out. I'll take ideas on how to make that work. Yeah, that's hit very me up fun. on Twitter. Ted very Laszlo. funny. Very funny. All right, folks, we're gonna sign out here. Hope you enjoyed the podcast. We'll see you when we see you. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Cheers. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.